All right, it's time to get services started this morning. Uh, would like to just uh, welcome everybody out this morning uh, on this 4th of July uh, special holiday time. And I was standing there just thinking a little bit and uh, about that and just about our country. And I, I still uh, believe we're in the greatest country on the face of the earth. Amen. Uh, getting a little ahead of myself, but in case some of y'all don't know, uh, my name is Scotty Baker, and I'm, I'm glad to be a part of the church service this morning. I'm from Wahoo Baptist Church, and uh, I do appreciate the invite and appreciate the opportunity to be here uh, back again at Merville. And uh, just looking forward to, a, I don't want to say a good time, I mean, a good any time when God's a good time, amen? Uh, and so if we can meet with Him, amen, that's all that matters. And that's what we're here for today is to meet with Him. Uh, I know this week we're going to be celebrating our liberty as a country, but uh, more than uh, celebrating our liberty as a country, we can celebrate our liberty as a Christian. Amen. Uh, but I won't get too far ahead of myself, but I just say it is good to be here this morning and just a word of welcome. Thank you for being here and uh, just pray the Lord to draw us all closer together. And we're going to go to, uh, to the Lord in a word of prayer and then we'll just get further into the service. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, Brother Ron, you please pray for us this morning. Lord, thank you, God, for what you've done for us in this country. Lord, it's as a community and as a church, God, as we come together, may we come together looking to lift, up, lift one another up in love and good works that you commanded us to in your word. God, I pray, Lord, that you can leave outside, outside, and come in and worship you for all the goodness and, Lord, all the mercy you've shown us through the week. God, I thank you, Lord, for everything, God, you've blessed me with. I pray, God, that we'll understand that we receive one blessing after another, after another, and that's something to thank you. God, I pray, Lord, for our service men who serve this country. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd, uh, you'd hover around them and give them a, a special blessing, God, for their uh, for the, their determination, God, and what they did for this country. I pray, God, you'd touch them. Thank you once again. We pray for the service this morning. Lord, will you please touch Brother Scotty? I need something. God, I need something for my heart. And, Lord, I've asked you for it already this morning. God, would you please pray Love you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're going to start off this morning by honoring our uh, country and our uh, also our Savior. So we're going to do all three pledges this morning. Guys, y'all will come on up. You will. Let's all stand. Let's do the American flag first. Attention. Salute. Pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now our Christian flag. Attention. Salute. Pledge. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands. One Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again with life and liberty for all who believe. Now our Bible. Attention, salute, pledge. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path and will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. All right, let's do Star Spangled Banner. Right. 
Oh, 
God is so good this morning. course one more time.
morning, everybody. I hope everybody's doing good this morning. Uh, after last night in the rain, it's a beautiful morning out there, and God's, God's really blessing us. Got a few announcements here. Uh, ladies Bible study on July the 6th, going to be at 11 a.m. in the fellowship hall. Uh, so the ladies are participating in that. Uh, please remember that. Uh, July the 9th, uh, homecoming. We've got Gold City coming in. Uh, remember, bring some food. We're going to eat after that, okay, in fellowship. Uh, remember, it's at uh, 10.30. Uh, no Sunday school uh, at, at that time as well. Uh, let's see. July 22nd. We got some flyers on the table out there. If you don't mind, grab a flyer. And uh, let's put it out in the community. Uh, on the 22nd, we're having a back-to-school bash. We're just trying to uh, invite as many as we can out there to come in to have a, a good time with us. Uh, we're going to be doing an outreach. We're going to give away some uh, book bags uh, for those who need it for school. So we're going to have a good time with that. And uh, remember August the 2nd. So it's going to be our uh, conference. Uh, so if, uh, if uh, you're looking to uh, um, uh, step out of a position or if you're looking to be a, a part of one, uh, please see uh, Terry and myself and uh, we'll talk to you about it. Uh, thank you very much. Take off those crowns of glory. 
Amen. Enjoyed that uh, good singing this morning. Yes. I hope you do too. That, that, that music will help us. Music affects you. I mean, it really does. Good music, bad music, it affects you. Amen. But I'm thankful that we can come to the house of God this morning and allow the Lord to speak to us through song. Uh, if you got your Bible, turn with me to the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 10. 1 Kings chapter number 10, and as they were singing that and just about remembering, and uh, God has always been faithful, and the song that God is so good, I was just sitting there and just thinking about that, and I was thinking, we got a good crowd this morning, and I thank God for it, and just the, the blessings of God, and I was thinking the fact that, that all the people we've got in here this morning, we can't agree on, there's nothing we're going to be able to agree on. I mean, we got one part of us might like such and such, and 90% might like another thing, and 10% this, and you can go on and on and on with this many people in here. Uh, nobody, I don't think two people can agree on the exact same thing. But when you start talking about the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God, we're, we, we're all going to have to agree on that, amen, that God is good, amen. Uh, I mean, I've never met anybody that's actually met the Lord and saved in here, to, uh, saved that ever said, you know what, He's good but this. No, he's good, but everything, amen? Uh, because that's, and that's one thing, if uh, you, we can't agree on uh, anything today, you're going to have to agree that God is good, amen? And that God is faithful. But I, I appreciate, again, the opportunity to be here, uh, to be a part of the service this morning. And again, thank our, uh, I want to thank our servicemen and what they've done for our country and the uh, sacrifice and the, the, the sacrifice uh, that their family had, amen? Uh, I've got friends that's in the military and, and just seen the sacrifice that their family had. I mean, yeah, they could be on a form field and they're giving their time, but their family, uh, the family, they're together. You know, the, the husband and wife, they're not separate. It's together. It's a, it's a one-stop shop, amen. And so uh, just as much as that, that man or that woman's in the service, their family, the, the alternate person there, uh, has to do some things and put up some things and sacrifice some things as well. Uh, so I thank them as well, amen. Amen. But I, I do uh, say again that uh, I just, uh, I thank God for the country that I live in and uh, I believe it's the best country on the face of the earth. Do we got issues? Yes. Yes, we do. But those issues is all, it's, it's rooted in the same, pro, uh, the same reason why we have issues in our lives. And that's distance from the Lord. You know, our country, I believe, was founded on uh, Judeo-Christian values. I don't care what the uh, people might say, but that's exactly uh, our forefathers left. Uh, England left those countries. Why? They was looking to worship the Lord. Amen. Uh, they wasn't looking necessarily for, uh, uh, you know, representation without taxation. Uh, they wasn't looking for this or that uh, to start a new life. They was wanting to start a new life with the Lord. Yeah. Amen. To get out of that Church of England. To get out of that, uh, that burdensome toil. Uh, they wanted to serve, uh, serve and worship the true and the living God. Amen. amen. That's message number one. That ain't even in there. That's just free. Amen. That's just in there. I, just, I got a lot of those, Brother Gene. They just kind of creep in there. But I just, I just want to say, Lord, I thank the Lord God for my country that we can gather this morning and worship in truth and in spirit. Uh, across the world, there's underground churches that they're hoping that maybe nobody stops by, that nobody peeks their head in the door to see what that group of people's doing. Uh, hey, I'm an advocate for, hey, anybody wants to stop by and see what we're doing in here this morning, amen. I believe they'll get a blessing, amen. And so, but thanks be unto God that He gives us a country, gives us a church to be a part of, and gives us a Savior to trust in, amen. And amen. All right, let's begin reading the book of First Kings, chapter number uh, ten. First Kings, chapter number ten, uh, and the Bible says, uh, "And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, 
She came to prove him uh, with hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train, with camels that uh, bear spices and very uh, much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, the, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon to told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king, uh, which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all of Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and uh, their apparel and his cup bearers and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said unto the king, It was a, a true report that I heard in mine own land of thine acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believe not the words until I came and mine eyes have seen it and behold the half uh, was not told me. Thy wisdom and thy prosperity exceedeth the fame which I heard. Happy are thy men, happy are these, or happy these thy servants which stand continually before thee, and that hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighteth in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore he made thee king to do judgment and justice. And we'll stop right there. Uh, dear Lord, I thank you again for this day, and I thank you for another opportunity to be in thy house. Lord, to gather with our people, God, and draw that much closer to you. We sure do need you this morning. Lord, I pray you'd speak to hearts. God, I pray you'd change lives. Lord, if there'd be somebody here lost, God, I pray you'd speak to their heart and save them. They don't have to go away the same uh, the way they came this morning. But Lord, please bless us with your presence, Lord. We sure do need you. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen and amen. And so just for a little bit, I want to preach, uh, taking my thought out of verse uh, number 6. And I'm going to read that once again. And it says, and she said unto the king, it was a true report. It was a true report, amen. And I'm going to try to preach on this morning a true report. A true report. Uh, I, I got to looking at this and thinking about what is truth? What is truth, amen? I, I even looked it up. I mean, you say, well, that's common sense. What is truth? Well, not in the day and age we live in, is it? I mean, you got, you got so much confusion and mass hysteria in today's time and today's society. Uh, I mean, you know, that's, a, that's a, almost a valid question. Well, what is truth? Uh, well, I looked that up and it said truth is accurate. Uh, truth is honesty. Uh, truth is the opposite of falsehood, lie, or deceit. Uh, truth is genuine. Uh, truth uh, is pure. It's real. It's not counterfeit, counterfeit or false. It is exact. Amen. And right here we've got the Queen of Sheba. She said this is a true report. Amen. Uh, she said the report that I heard is true. Uh, the report that I heard is exact. Hey, the report that I heard, there is no falsehood into it. Uh, there is no deception into it. Uh, it's the real deal. Amen. That's what she was saying right here uh, to Solomon. And I got to thinking about it a little bit. And, it said, and, uh, and I just thought about these things. It says many people... People have thoughts and ideas of what might be true. I'm serious. I, I, you say, okay. Uh, but, but, have, but the thing about that is, these thoughts or ideas that certain people have, uh, they might thought, be thought to be true, but they have yet to be proven or debunked after a proper examination. You ever thought something was real, and then the more you looked into it, you're like, that, that's, that's not the way that is. I, I thought wrong on that. That's not the way that, that that's supposed to be. I, I was looking at some things, and uh, uh, I might lose some of y'all here on this right here, but that's okay. Uh, so, uh, what is true? What are some of these things that ideas that people thought were true? I even thought about this. Man, I see them in the yard all the time. Y'all seen the big Bigfoot things people have been putting in the yard? <laughs> Look at y'all, half y'all done like, I love Bigfoot. Why do you love a big hairy monster? You know, you put them on the back of your glass, you put them in your... I'm talking about nine foot uh, uh, cutouts... 
Nine foot cutouts, and some of y'all probably got them in the yard. Y'all looking at me funny. Uh, nine foot cutouts in the yard that, that I, I don't need anything that's going to scare me any more than anything's there. Uh, I've got a neighbor, he's got a, 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 a similitude of a scarecrow there his yard. And, every, and I thought about every time I catch a glance at it, I'm like, who's that? What, what, oh, it's that scarecrow. I'm talking about not once, not twice, but like 20 times. Uh, I still fall for it, and I couldn't see putting a big old cutout of a Sasquatch in my front yard and then walking through at night getting a glass of water, and I'll be like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Bigfoot. Some people think it's true, but it's yet to be proven. What about this right here? What about flat earth? Uh oh. There was a trend and a fad there for a little while. Don't throw nothing at me, amen, because it's yet to be proven, okay? Uh, once it's proven, I'll take it back, but it's not proven. You got a lot of uh, people jump on the bandwagon, and we really live in a flat earth. It's like, let's see here, uh, 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 Venus is round, Mercury is round, Mars is round, the sun is round, Saturn is round, but the earth is flat. I might not be a smart person, but that just don't add up. What about this right here? What about politicians? Boy, they promise you the world, don't they? They, 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 they say, they, they, they say, you know, they want you to think that they're true, but everyone's tongue, fork and tongue. You know what I'm saying? They're going to promise you the world. We're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And then when they get into office, you know, oh, no, I never said that. Well, I took you at your word, amen. And politicians today, and I agree with the fact that, man, most of them are not true. They just tell you what they want to hear. What about this biggest myth of all time? What about evolution? When I was in school, when I was in school, it was called the evolutionary theory. Because a theory is an idea that's not been proven. But over time, what do they do? They, get the, they start taking those things off just a little bit by a little bit. And now in school, whatever, they, they, they say evolution and they, they, they keep it as fact. I mean, it's across the board. That's a fact. Well, I've been out of school for a little while now. And I'm thinking, is, is any great revelation come to light? No, it's the same thing. All they did is took the word theory off the end of it. And you're supposed to believe that. But it's not been proven. And it never will be proven. Because evolution is the belief that nobody plus nothing equals everything. And these are the experts. I, I was thinking about that a little bit. And, 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 and evolution, in other words, you just give something enough time to evolve. So, okay, we've got what? We've got metal here. We've got paint here. We've got wood, boards, sliding wire. All these different things here. Carpet. And so under that logic, we can go to an empty lot, dump a bunch of building supplies in the middle of this empty lot, come back in two billion years, it'll be a church. Does that seem ridiculous? Of course, same thing. Evolution to me seems ridiculous. That out of nothing, all of a sudden, boom, everything was. Out of nothing. It takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does to believe the Bible. Amen? In the world today, people are looking. They're searching for what's real. They're searching for what's genuine. They're searching for what's true. You see people, they'll fall for these cults and things like that. And just the crazy doctrines of these things and these different organizations. You're like, well, what? that don't even make any sense. But people, they're looking for something that's genuine. They're looking for something that's real. Amen. Uh, nobody in here likes to be lied to. Nobody in here likes to live a life of deception or anything like that. Uh, they want to know that the way and the direction that they're going is the real way. It's an accurate way. It's a, it's a pure and it's a genuine way. Amen. And so we see right here uh, with, with, uh, in our reading, in our text, that, that the Queen of Sheba, uh, she said it was a true report. You say, well, why do you say that? Well, let's, 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 let's just dive into it for, real quick. 
First, we see it here in verse number 1. We see a witness was declared. A witness was declared. It said, and when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon. In other words, there was somebody talking about Solomon. Amen. There was somebody talking about the king. Amen. Uh, there was somebody in her land that was far away. Uh, as I studied this, uh, it was uh, the queen of Sheba. Sheba was in the uh, south area of, uh, uh, of Arabia. The southern part of Arabia. Uh, it, it's easy to think that her name was Sheba. Her name wasn't Sheba. Amen. It, it, that, that's not Queen Sheba. No, it's Queen of Sheba. It was, it was a land uh, 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 that she was from. It's the area that she was from. She was the queen of that nation at that time. And I believe what I'd study is about almost sometimes, some people say it's about 1,500 miles away. So 1,500 miles away, you had the Queen of Sheba and she heard about the fame. She'd heard about the wisdom. She'd heard about the wealth of this one King Solomon uh, of the nation of Israel. So there was a witness that was declared. Amen. And that's the same way we need to be today. Somebody don't know about the Lord. Somebody don't know the goodness of God. Somebody doesn't know the realness of God. Somebody doesn't know the report of Jesus Christ. And so if we're a witness, uh, then that witness can be carried on and on and on and on to somebody who didn't know. We see that right there in verse number one. She had heard about the fame of Solomon. Hey, there's a world out there that needs to hear about the fame of Jesus. Amen. Uh, there's a world out there that needs to hear about the saving grace of the Son of God. Amen. What about this? The reluctance. We see in her voice the reluctance. Look, I believe right here we see, we see the heard of the famous Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. It said she came to prove him with hard questions. What was she doing? She was being like, I just don't know if what I hear is true. I just don't know if that's, I mean, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I don't know if I'm buying it. Amen. That's okay. Is it true? Is it? Is he who he says he is? Look at verse number 7. Uh, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself right there. Uh, but we, uh, it reminds me of the time over there. Uh, Thomas uh, in John chapter number 20, he was doubting. He said, lest I see the Lord. And then Thomas, you know, he was with the Lord. He, I mean, how, why was Thomas doubting like that? I mean, he's seen the miracles that Jesus done. He's seen the blind see. He's seen the lame walk. And here he's like, I don't know if God got up. I don't know Jesus is real. I mean, y'all saying to you other disciples, y'all saying uh, that Jesus is this. Jesus, I'll, just, I'll just have to believe it when I see it. And honestly, we have that same attitude. God's been good to you and God's blessed you and God's helped you. And then sometimes another problem or trial comes in your life. And you, what do you think? Well, I just don't know if he can meet that need. He did it before. I mean, you think it's something too hard for him now? What about this right here? Her reluctance. What about her response? She came to prove him. I'm going to prove him. It says it right there. I'm going to prove him with hard questions. I want to test him. I want to try him. Let's see that if his fame is justified or not. How? With these hard questions. They were no softball questions. You ever seen how the media, when they somebody they like, it's funny. They'll give them those softball questions. You know, you've got wars everywhere and, and political unrest everywhere and, uh, and different things going on. And they'll ask this politician, so what's your favorite ice cream? Amen. She's going to say, I mean, hey, who are you and what are you about? Right. Her response, the hardness of the question. 
You also see right here that she communed with him with all that was her heart. So it was lengthy. She just didn't, Brother Jean, just step up there and say, oh, you're Solomon, see you later. No, she tested him. It was a length of time. He communed with all her heart. Uh, we see right there the heart, the inquiry, all that was in her heart. How did, how did that happen? She got close to him. You're going to really get, have to find, find out about somebody and inquire about somebody. You're going to have to spend some time with them. And you're going to have to get close to them. It's going to be hard, uh, uh, it's going to, be hard to get to know somebody from a distance. Amen? Y'all yes, that are married in here, did y'all... I mean, uh, me and uh, Chrissy, uh, her family's from Jacksonville, Florida. And they're, they're about six and a half hours away. And so it, our, our, our dating and our, our uh, engagement wasn't just real... Quick. I think at the time that we met and married for three years, I guess it was, because we had distance between us, and what like I see you every day, I get to know, I had, hey, she had to get to know me, I had to get to know her, y'all understand what I'm saying about that, y'all know that, now some of y'all might have got in here tonight, y'all might be married and said, hey, I, I run into the grocery store, and later that evening we was uh, married at the checkout counter. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that might have turned out all for some of y'all, but that's going to be the exception. To the rule. I know a lot of people have jumped into these things and then found out that they was not what I thought that they was. But see, the Queen of Sheba, she wasn't going to take that chance because she heard a whole lot about it. Yeah. And she said, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to get to know this Solomon. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to get close to him and I'm going to see what he's about because I'm going to prove and see if he is who he says he is. Amen? Yeah. What about the, look right here. What about the wisdom that was discovered? Look at verses number 3. It said, and Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king, which he told her not. He answered all her questions. He answered every single one of them. There was no question it was too hard. He had all the answers. His wisdom was superior. Uh, the, his fame of his wisdom was justified. And she had to admit it was a true report. He, he didn't have to say, I'll get back with you on that. Y'all know how it is. You know, somebody asks you something other, you're just like... Hmm. I'll get back with you on that. Let me get you. No, this is what y'all. This is what we say now. Hold on, I'll Google it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at, at Google makes everybody a genius, do they not? You know, yeah. and then they hide like this. Uh, oh, I got an opinion. Yeah, and then you, like you ain't that smart. You just looked it up. I mean, you didn't know. <laughs> but the thing about it is, with Solomon, Solomon didn't have Google. God had done blessed you with that superior wisdom because Solomon had a right heart. He said, Lord, I just need a right heart to lead thy people. Amen? He wasn't trying to impress anybody. He was just had the blessing in the hand of God on his life. But he answered all her questions. There was no question too hard. And she had to say, hey, it is a true report about his wisdom. Amen? Uh, he had wisdom like no other. Uh, we see the examination that he went through proved it. He passed the test and exceeded the fame thereof. What about this? It's wealth displayed. Look here at verse number 4. It says, And when the queen of Sheba had seen all of Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat at his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and, the, uh, uh, and their apparel and his cupbearers and his ascent by which he went up to the house of the Lord. It said, There was no more spirit in her. His wealth was displayed. Look at his substance. It said the meat of his table. That doesn't just mean he had a bunch of meat. That means the abundance of it. And so she got there and Solomon took her and as she would be in the walk around and commune with her and he it said that the meat of his table, I can look right through there and just imagine uh, just a spread, a vast spread uh, that Solomon had had right there at his table. I believe she looked over there and 
prepared uh, that vast abundance for the amount of people that he had uh, on a daily basis. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? They didn't just put a tablecloth over it. No, they got to eat all that and come back the next day. There was just as much there. Yeah. Talking about the abundance. The meat of his table is abundance. And what, the, what the word of God say that Jesus is the bread of life? I'm glad the Lord is the bread of life and whoever eats of him is never hunger. I'm glad that the Lord doesn't ever get stale. Amen. I know if y'all I know everybody's got leftovers on the table. Don't don't act like he had it, man. If you ever come back to it and be like, God, that just that's quite as good as the first time. That's that's got a little stale. Let that out a little too long. I'm just gonna throw that away. But I'm glad he's not that way. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? I'm glad, man, I, I, I got a bite of them before. I got to eat. I got, I got to partake of that bread of life before. And then when I come back, you know what? He's just as fresh. He's just as good. Uh, he's just as filling. It's just the same way before. Amen. I never went to him one single solitary time. and said, man, Lord, you're getting old. Amen. No, Lord. Hey, the more I eat, it's like salt water. The more you drink, the more you get, the thirstier you get. Amen. Uh, that's how the Lord Jesus Christ is. Hey, the more of the Bible you get, the more you want to know about him, the more you want to ingest about him. Hey, the more you want to be filled with a Abundance of the Lord Jesus Christ. His sustenance. Yeah, back in those days, it wasn't just uh, they didn't have grocery stores like we do today. They didn't have the Dollar Generals on every driveway. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And so there was a big class difference between what you have haves and the have-nots. And so there's a stark contrast, there's a stark difference, amen, uh, between the king's table and everybody else's table. There's a stark contrast between the two. And so what about this right here? Uh, his wealth displayed. Let's keep on marching on. Uh, we'll see right here. Uh, we see the, the last part of that verse number 5. And it said, As a scent by which he went up unto the house of the Lord. How about the house that he built? I mean, it's 13 uh, years to build that house of the Lord. Uh, his house was different than everybody else's house. His house was grand, uh, the grandness of his house. And the temple, this talks about the temple as well. Uh, and the temple right here was overlaid within with pure gold. Uh, the magnificent craftsmanship that the ha of the house that Solomon built. He said, what's that got to do with it? Because she, she was a queen. So the palace that she lived in was grand as well. So I can't help but believe just a little bit, a little bit in that verse number 2, it said she, she come with her people on her train. She had a great train. Uh, that's not a locomotive. But that's just talking about the parade, the people that were with her. It was great. She comes with great spices and a, a, a bunch of gold and stones and precious stones and things like that. And I can't help but believe just a little bit of Brother Terry that she heard about Solomon's fame. And she said, like, let's get this here together. And what we're going to do, we're just going to show him what I'm made of. Yeah. And but when she showed up, I believe she was probably just kind of taking all that stuff back just a little right. bit. I mean, that, that journey that she took, she probably had a little bit of pride within herself. And she's like, they think Solomon's grand. They think Solomon's all got all this. He hadn't seen anything yet. But then when he come, when she showed up at his doorstep, I believe she looked at all that he had. And then look what she brought. She's like, I'm going to put that in the car. Exactly. <laughs> Y'all go put that in the car. I'm talking about his wealth was displayed. It, with his sustenance, with the home that he built. But let's, let's, let's look right here. What does it say right here? Verses 5 and 8. It's still in verse number 5. And it said, And the meat of his tables, the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministry. So it mentions his servants right here. 
And, and as we see these servants right here uh, with this, let's just real quick look at that. How about the appointment of his servants? Look at verse number 8. And it said, Happy are thy men, uh, happy are these thy servants which stand continually before thee, and that hear thy wisdom. Uh, and so we see right here with these servants, let's look at their attitude. What was their attitude? They say it was happy. She got, and she was noticing these things, and what she's doing, she's trying to take all these things in, and she's looking around. You ever been somewhere, you just can't take it in enough? And you start noticing all these things, you can't take it all in. But I believe that she was a smart lady, and she was trying to take everything that she was in. And it made mention in the Word of God right here, some of these things that she took notice of, and the servants being one of them. And she got to looking at these, his servants, and it said, happy. In other words, they had a good countenance, Amen. They were standing around before Solomon, and they all had joy, I believe, in their heart. They had a happiness. They had a happy countenance. Why is that? Oh, we see that because they were standing right there next to the king. Amen? Their appointment, their position, they were close to the king. They were serving continually before the king, hearing his wisdom. Could you imagine? That day and time, you're serving the king. And you're getting to hear that wisdom, Solomon. He said, well, this is their person. Next. Guess what, church? How about this right here? We get to hear all his wisdom, amen? Uh, we get to be appointed as a, a, a servant of the king. You say, well, Brother Scotty, I'm not doing nothing. Hey, man, you can just be a witness, amen? Just be happy, amen? Uh, everybody so, uh, has the money grubs nowadays. And I mean, uh, most Christians, man, I hate to say it, but they just kind of look with a, with a bitter look on their face. You can draw anybody to the Lord that way. If you can't do anything today, just be happy for the cause of Christ. And when somebody says, man, what's, what, so what's, uh, why are you so happy? I'm preaching myself here. Believe me. Believe me. I, I'm telling you. Y'all know how it is on Sunday morning. You come in on 14, you know, two wheels and, you know, tell the kids, get this, get that. And when the church door is open, you go, hey, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God's so good. You know, you know, the whole time. <laughs> I got to figure out how I get the den out of my car or I hit the car, you know, and stuff like that. You done fussed out four people in front of you on the way here. And then you got to preach. I'm just kidding. I didn't all that. Not today, anyways. Amen. <laughs> but we see that position. They had a position. Amen. Uh, they was close to the king. They stood to, uh, right there with the king to continually and to hear his wisdom. And I got to thinking about this. Uh, so often we need to be careful because this is where we're at a lot of times. We take for granted the position that we're in. We take for granted the goodness of God. What is it? We become spoiled and we become not necessarily callous, but we become, we become conditioned to the things of God. We've gotten so good for so long that we fail to be thankful for what we got. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you know, I, mean, I like to eat steak. I'll be honest with you. It's good. I mean, I could probably eat it every day. Amen? I, it's just, you know, I'm not a rabbit, so I don't eat salads a whole lot. So. <laughs> but even a steak or whatever your favorite food is, if you were to eat that every day, Every day. What, pretty soon what's this going to be? I don't want this. But it's still good. It's got the nutrients. It tastes the same. It's got the same nutrients. It's really good. You enjoyed that. But over time, if you're not careful, you can get dull. And you get bored. I, I hate to use that word bored with that. But that's not the food's problem. That's your problem. Amen? Right, yeah. 
And that's the same way us as Christians. Man, God's blessed us so good and God's given us uh, such an abundance uh, uh, of good things in our life. Even as a church, we take for granted those things and be like, well, God, man, this is what it is. Uh, yeah, God's here. We're going to sing these songs. We're going to do this. And Oh, we take a big yawn, take for granted, and go back to our lives. And the whole time, uh, just like these men right here, these servants are standing before Solomon, we can stand before and have a communion with the Lord and just see how good He is. I told you people are searching for truth today. They're looking for what's real. We can go outside these doors and go down this road. And there would be some people, I guarantee you, that would love to have what we have. You know what today? There's people out there that are praying for what you already have. There's people out there praying for what you already have. But let us not be guilty of taking those things for granted. Honestly, it's easy to do. It's, it's super easy to do. The husband take the wife for granted. The wife to take the husband for granted. Mom and dad take the kids for granted. Man, if you got some good kids, man, you ought to thank God for them. You understand? You ought to just thank the Lord for them. Man, if you got some good, good friends, you ought to thank God for them. Oh, Man, he's calling me again. Oh, golly. Well, apparently thinks something of you to call you so much. Yeah. Suck it up for just a few seconds. Hey, how's you do? Oh, good, good to know. That's good. You know what? Because some people ain't got anybody. I know that's not good English. Ain't got anybody. Sorry for all the teachers that are in here. Uh, <laughs> a grammatical error right there. So. I don't, that's not even the right way to explain that. But you understand what I'm saying? People are praying for what you already have. And so when we can get, uh, I guess, numb to the things that God has blessed us with and take those things for granted, these servants were sitting right there. We talk about the servants' appointment, their position. We talk about their attitude. They had a happy, they had, they was glad to be there. They was glad to be there. Man, even if you put on a good face sometimes. I mean, uh, mom and dad, when you come to church, act like you're glad to be there because uh, if the kids sit over here and look at you and you're on there like, uh, I can't wait this is over, what are they going to think about church? Talking about their attitude. But look, let's look, what does it also say right here? Verse number 8. I'm sorry, verse number 5. The meat of thy table, the sitting of the servants, and the attendance of the ministers. And it says even right here, Bob, it says, in their apparel. Oh, no. She draw. I didn't draw no notice to this. She did. She was looking at all those servants, the ministers, the cupbearers, the servants. And what she just said, look what they're wearing. Look what they're wearing. Can you believe just the, the robes that they've got on, the grandeur? I mean, I mean that, that, those people right there was not dressed sloppy. They wasn't dressed seductive. They wasn't dressed silly. Because that apparel that those people had on in the presence of the king, you know what it was? It was drawing honor to the king. Amen? It was honoring the king. Amen? Could you stand? You're, you're sitting here standing before royalty. You got the king right here in Solomon with all his grandeur, and you're standing right there. And could you imagine you're a servant of the king and you're standing in your pajamas? No! That's not the time and place for it. You understand it's a time and place for that. But I'm talking about standing before the king in pajamas. But you can go out here today and people's going to the store in their pajamas. God, you shouldn't talk like that. The Bible mentioned apparel. 
You understand the Bible said apparel. Because what you wear, you understand, as a Christian, under the label of I'm a Christian, amen, well, it brings either honor or dishonor to the king, amen? One of the two. You understand what I'm saying? A good way to check things, uh, looking at mirrors, is this going to bring honor to God or is it not going to bring honor to God, amen? You decide that. What about this right here? The worship demonstrated. Verse number 5. I'm marching on. We're almost done. The worship that was demonstrated in verse number 5. It's, she talked about his ascent. Remember now, these are the things that the Queen of Sheba, she has noticed. These are the things that she has said, man, I'm looking at Solomon. These are the things uh, that I didn't even know about. But these are the things that grabbed my attention. And right here we see that the worship was demonstrated uh, in verse number 5. His ascent unto the house of the Lord. In other words, how he went up to the house of the Lord. Uh, Psalms 122 uh, 2, 1 says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Amen. I believe Solomon was glad. I believe Solomon said, hey, you've asked me these questions. Uh, I, I thank you for listening. I believe I've answered all your questions. But there's a few things that I want to show you. Amen. Uh, Solomon was famous for the house that he built. Amen. Uh, Solomon was famous for the temple that he built. Amen. Uh, Solomon was famous for the worship of how he worshiped the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I don't want you to leave here without you seeing me or seeing us going and worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a sin. I believe the house of God was Solomon's pride and joy. He had his gardens. He had this and had this. But what do we think about with Think about Solomon so many times. That's the temple. You go around book the chapter number 8 and chapter number 7, the preparation of the temple. And I'm not, we got time to get into all that. Uh, 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 chapter 7, chapter number 8, and then the great sacrifice. It said the sacrifice were innumerable with all the animal sacrifice that they had had. And then the Shekinah glory filled the temple. Uh, Solomon made that great prayer. Solomon made those great sacrifices. And then the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. And I believe that the, uh, with all my heart that Solomon tried to get into the house of God every chance that he could get. And he said, hey, you're from another land. You're from not from around here. Uh, you're from a heathen nation. Uh, you serve uh, uh, those uh, false gods. You serve those gods that have ears uh, they cannot hear. You serve God has eyes that cannot see. Uh, you, serve, you serve a God who has feet that cannot walk. Uh, you serve a God that you can carry with you wherever you go. Uh, but I want to show you a little bit the God that I serve uh, and the, uh, the wisdom of Solomon. He, I believe he wanted to bring her and say, here is the real God. Here's where I get my real wisdom. Here's where I get my real strength. Here's where I get my real ability. I don't want you to go empty handed. I don't want you to go home slotted. Hey, if I can just get you to God, uh, I'll show you a true report. Amen. Yeah. Solomon's worship was on another level that she had never seen before. Everything about Solomon was on another level that she had never seen before. Maybe this morning our worship needs to get on another level. What about this right here? Let's keep on marching. What about the weakness of the document? Verses 6 and 7. Verse 7 says, How be it, I believe not the words, since I came and my own eyes seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. The half was not told me. It was a true report, she said. Hey, it was true what they said, uh, but the report was inadequate. It was not fully adequate. Solomon's wealth, Solomon's wisdom uh, was greater uh, than far reported to her. And I'm here to tell you this morning, church, you can go tell somebody about God. You can be a witness to God and say, hey, uh, this is God, how good God is. How do I be a witness? Just tell how good God's been to you and what God did to you. Amen. That's all you got to do. It's not complicated. 
But this is the this is the, this is the wonderful part about that. The whole thing about that. When you go tell somebody about that, and then they get saved, and they start walking with God, and they get a relationship with God, and then they come back to you. You didn't tell me about this. You understand? You didn't tell me about this. You didn't tell me how, how good this was going to be. You didn't tell me he was going to stick closer than the brother. You didn't tell me he was going to be with me in the thick and the thin. You didn't tell me uh, that he was going to love me forever. You didn't tell me. You say, no, I just told you what he did for me and what he's doing for you. That's wonderful. Has anybody in here ever found that, that God's better now than, than when you got saved? Amen. When you got saved, you just that, that, was only, that was just a part of the report. I like the part right here in verse number 5 of this. It says, there was no more spirit in her. In other words, she was left in awe. She got the thing around and said, I just can't take it anymore. I got to looking around. I got to seeing this and I got to seeing that. And I just couldn't take it anymore. I said, man, I can't take... Uh, I, I, I mean, it's sensory overload. You ever heard of that? I'm talking about you just couldn't take it all in. And I was thinking about that. It's like, when's the last time you or I uh, got some good news from the Lord and we emptied ourselves and we were just in awe and we couldn't take it all in. You understand what I'm saying? I believe the Queen of Sheba, she emptied herself of all that she was. She said, anything that I've got to offer, it's nothing compared to Him. Uh, everything that I've got doesn't measure up to Him. Uh, she was left in awe. Amen. Uh, when's the last time that you got along with God, uh, got in the Word of God and just left empty yourself of yourself amen and just got all in the thing and just was in awe of the things of God I can't say it's that way every time there's been a few times I've been able to open that book and got to reading it wouldn't even expect it and it's man God you're good God, I, you know all this. I, I know I've read it time and time again, but I didn't even see that the first time. I didn't see that the third time. But you're just left in awe of the things of the grandeur yeah. of the Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all got a few minutes. Y'all good. Y'all got a few minutes. Good. I know, we're eat, I, know, I know there's going to be eating next week, so uh, the, honestly, that's a little bit of a battle as a preacher. You've got food out there, and people's minds are trying to be two places at once. Uh, you know, I know I'm in a Baptist church when you have food, amen, so that's a, you know, that's a good thing, so, but sometimes it can work against you, uh, my own self. But right here, we see this weakness of this document, and what she was saying uh, to, as she was reporting this thing, she says, I was left in awe, and she was saying, man, the half has not been told, uh, and I got to think a little bit about the book of Romans right there, uh, the book of Romans, and I'll be quick with this, it's Romans chapter number 5. Uh, Romans chapter number 5. Romans chapter number 5. And, and, and there's a phrase right in here. I believe it's mentioned a few times. Uh, but, but I'm going to read it real quick. The uh, Bible says in Romans 5, 8, it said, But God commended His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Well, here's the kicker right here, verse 9. It said, Much more. Much more than uh, being now justified by His blood. And then you go there in verse number 10 right here. It says, uh, for we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more being reconciled. Alright, then you jump down right here uh, to, I believe it's, uh, yeah, right here in verse number 15. Uh, it says, but now is the offense, so also is the free gift or through the offense of one. Many be dead, much more the grace of God. And then it doesn't even stop there. And we see right here in verses number 17, it says, For by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they received the abundance of grace. 
And then it didn't stop there. It's, so, it's that good. You see what I'm saying? When something's much more, he's going to keep putting it in there to define much more. Amen? It can't be much more one thing. But we see right here in verse number 20, Moreover, the law entered uh, that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. What the Queen of Sheba was saying right here, and she was reporting to us, she said the half has not been told. What was she saying? She's saying there's much more. Yes. Amen. She was saying there's much more than I'd ever anticipated. And I thank speaking to God in heaven that there's much more justification that I ever realized. Uh, there's much more grace that I ever realized. Hey, we know that the Bible said we're sin did abound. What did it say? That grace did much more abound. More than what I realized. Sometimes you can uh, kind of get on yourself and say, man, I've talked to people they've committed, they, they think they've committed so many sins that God can't forgive them. Hey, but the thing about that is we can stack all our sin up here uh, this morning. We can all get out a pen and get out a piece of paper and we'd probably run out of ink. We'd run out of paper and uh, uh, writing down filling out all our sins. But the good thing is uh, we get all our sins piled together and all our sins Brother Gene, guess what? There's still much more grace of God to cover all those things. That's what she was saying out here. The weakness of that document. There was much more. Verse number 13. What else did he, what else did he say? Verse 13. And the king of Solomon gave unto the queen of Sheba all her desire. Whatever she asked for. Why was he able to do that? Because he was king and he had the ability. He didn't sit here and say, what? You, you can't ask for that. That's too big of a that's too big of a request. Now she could have went to one of the other kings, one of the other nations, but she wasn't just going to any old king. She wasn't just going to any other dignitary. She wasn't just going to any other official. She was going to Solomon. And what did he do? He said, Because you think I've got it, I'll give it, because I do have it, because I have that ability. In church, you can't go to God and say, Lord, I got something big on my heart. But I just don't know if you're able to meet that need. Lord, I, you're able to answer these small needs in my life. But I got a big need in my life. And the Lord's just scratching his head. Do you realize that your big needs are small to me? Right. Yep. Do, do, do you realize that nobody's ever brought in up, in, in, up to me and asked me and I was just like, let me see what I can do about that. I'm going to move some stuff around and we'll, we'll work something out. That's not what he said, was it? Right here, he said he gave her all that her heart desired. Why? Because church, because the Lord's able to give you uh, what your heart desires here tonight. Uh, or th 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 this morning, Psalms 37, 4, it says, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. But the key to that is delight thyself. Delight thyself in the Lord. What about this right here, the warning? Of the distance and doubting. We're done right here. If the piano player would please make your way to the piano. Matthew chapter number 12. 